can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. So Hannah, last week, I think it was last week, we spoke about our recommendations and I said that Amy and our team had recommended Partner Track on Netflix. And then later in the week, while our editor Keisha was doing the edits for the podcast, she was like, I started Partner Track and it's better than background noise, but it's still not like great. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to spend the whole weekend. I'm going to binge the whole series. I had like two days of not really doing much. And so I've tried to just smash it out. And I struggled with this oh, show. Like, so did I'm I. I'm one for like, I loved Younger, loved The Bold Type, loved Emily in Paris, very easy to follow. Same, loved Younger, loved Emily, yeah. But the whole time I was like, where is this storyline going? And why are all these people that are meant to be main characters are barely in the show? Like her boyfriend, the rich guy. Can I be honest? Mm-hmm. I basically was on the plane, two-hour plane ride. Yeah. I watched maybe 15 minutes and I was like, this is worse than sitting in silence. And so yeah. I, tur- <laughs> I, I turned it off and I just sat in silence for the rest of the plane ride. Within 15 minutes, I'm thinking this isn't for me. And I felt like, yeah, I just felt like the storylines were very underdeveloped and so you really didn't feel the impact of when things would happen because you're like, I didn't even know that person. Like, I don't really care. Yeah. And it felt very Gen X. Is that the one above Gen Z? I'm Gen – wait, am I millennial or Gen Z? I think I'm millennial. You're millennial. Yeah. Are you Gen Z? Gen X. Oh, my God. How old do you think I am? <laughs> I don't know. what. What is Gen X? I don't know. Gen X I think is above us. Okay. So my thought was that it felt very woke, like they were trying to be super woke with it and it just wasn't cutting through. I didn't get that far, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, it just wasn't it. Like a Gen Z had been the writer of this show, I think it would have been much more up with the times, but it just felt very, very three years ago, if you know what I mean. Okay. So for me, it does not get a high rating. I would give it maybe a four out of 10. So the reason I turned it off was because I find shows like, I didn't get to any of the storylines really, but I just found it like anything cringe, like hurts me. Really stereotypical, wasn't it? I physically like pains me. And so I was watching The Ultimatum and my cringe was just so bad. I was like, I I can't watch it. And I had to turn it off. I know. And that's how I felt. I was like, I actually am cringing. Mm. So the bit that I turned it off was the first episode where that hot guy goes up to her in the bar and they start talking about philosophy and law and they're just like bantering about philosophy. And I just was like, this is so dumb. No one yeah. does this. <laughs> Bye-bye. That's it. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so it didn't take much for you to turn off. I tried to persist because I knew I was going to have to give this review because I just recommended it for everyone to watch. So I would not say that it's on the same level as those other shows that I really like. I would say it's definitely a few rungs below. But still, I think better than background noise, I was still watching TikToks and stuff while I was watching it. 
So, so it gets your tick of approval. Uh, to a degree. <laughs> sort of. I, I wouldn't say it's complete trash. I can't believe how much trash goes on Netflix sometimes. Like, yeah, they're really, I wonder who does those selections, to be honest. I love that job. I will say their documentaries are top notch, mm. but they're like rom-coms. Yeah, although that was number one on Netflix yesterday when I went to turn it on. So I think that's because of us, but of know. course it was. <laughs> of course it was. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> One other thing I wanted to discuss because it's quite relevant to this podcast. I saw this post come up on Instagram. Like I didn't think fake news would get me, but this did. So basically, it was like a screenshot of Kanye. Not the, and we obviously don't condone like the behaviour. But there was a repost of him and he said, Kim has diarrhea a lot, like way more than a normal person should have it. I did say that. My friend said <laughs> that to me. <laughs> my first thought was like, oh, my God, Kim's just like the rest of yes. us. Like bowel problems. I thought it was absolutely reprehensible that he was sharing this information publicly. Well, it's in line with something he would do at this stage. But he did then, I did see that he did say, this isn't me. And I was like, oh, like I was kind of like, oh my God, Kim's like us. Disappointed that Kim doesn't also get diarrhea. Yeah. Yeah. It would have made her a lot more relatable. I hope they discuss it on the Kardashians. Maybe they'll address that oh on the God. series. But Can you imagine that? Yeah, we definitely don't condone that behavior from Kanye. He's just, he's on another level right now. And I'm, I do feel for Kim. That would be really yeah, tough. I think so. But when's the new season? I, I think I get home. It's September and I think I get home. Yeah, because I've kept my Disney Plus subscription. <laughs> I don't have it anymore, but I will be re-subscribing. And Do you want me to give you my account? <laughs> well... <laughs> Yeah, maybe, actually. Yeah. Although I never gave you my account, but I think as soon yeah. as I get home, Kardashian starts and I'm just so excited. Yeah, living for it. Living for it. All right, Joe. what is on today's episode? So today we're talking about an interesting topic, uh, chafing and crotch sweating, which you've done the deep dive on. I look forward to hearing the research you've come up v- with. Vaginal chafing, but okay. <laughs> yep, sorry, vaginal chafing, I correct myself. <laughs> then we're talking to Megan about makeup for hooded eyes and of course our products we didn't know we needed this topic is very relevant to me right now because i'm exercising and sweating a lot is it yeah i'm gonna get into it so we're talking about we have spoken about chafing i think we spoke about it with amy before so i might just do a little summary i actually couldn't remember what it was basically Chafing is caused by friction and moisture. Those are like the two things that cause it. And it can be anything from an uncomfortable redness, you know, between your thighs, but it can also be more serious and it can result in welts and rashes. Mm. It can also happen anywhere, but like the most likely areas are your underarms, thigh, in between like the thighs. I think we all think Mm -hmm. of chafing. We think of their nipple area. I don't think I've ever had chafing in the nipple area. Have you? Yeah. People who run marathons put band-aids over their nipples. Where's the friction happening though? I guess with the top that they're wearing. Okay. Yeah. And also the groin, which is what we're going to focus a little bit more on today. You can basically get chafing. You can get it from just walking in the heat. You can also get it from certain fabrics like polyester or rayon if those fabrics rub against sensitive skin. So if you do have chafing, Healthline actually has like a good little recommendation that'll help 
chafing like sort of overnight. Apply a restorative ointment before bedtime. Do you have any recommendations for those? I was thinking Cicaplast. Oh, something like Cicaplast, Aven, Cicaplast, even Egyptian magic could work. So avoid touching or rubbing the skin in that area. This is a big one. Hold off on scented lotions, soaps, or products with active ingredients like glycolic acid. Let fresh air cool down the area or use an ice pack. So those are like, if you've got chafing, you can do that at night and hopefully that will help by the morning. But from all of my research, prevention is actually the thing that you should focus more on because I think once you get chafing, like if you're, you know, training for some marathon or whatever or training for a 10K, if you're not preventing the chafing, it's going to be like a much harder to then keep going because you've already like damaged the skin. Yeah. Basically, you want to stay dry. That's like the big one. You want to stay dry. So look at when you're getting your active wear, look at like moisture wicking fabrics. When you're buying your active wear, make sure that what you're looking for is something that basically won't like soak in sweat. And I've actually really seen that here. Like if you wear like a cotton singlet, it gets so wet. But then if you're wearing fabric that's good for particularly like sportswear brands, they don't get wet. Like they sort of keep a little bit dry. They're designed for it. Yeah. So the other thing is something that can cause chafing is the seams. Oh, yes. Yeah. So have a look at things that have like smooth seams and then things like bras and stuff. Make sure that you don't have any rubbing because I reckon you could get Mm -hmm. chafing under here if you've got underwire sports bra. Yeah. Okay. This is something I actually do do now, but I didn't. And remember, I was getting back knee all the time. A change of clothes. Like, make sure you are taking those wet clothes off and changing into dry clothes. So, talc free powders. And this is if you have vaginal chafing, Femfresh actually have a talc free powder that helps reduce the amount of moisture in your vagine. <laughs> Ah, so is it just like, is it more the vulva than anything or is it actually the vagina? Like the vulva being the outside? Oh, sorry, vulva. Oh, look at me saying the wrong word, vulva. I'm just trying to visualize what you mean because I've not experienced this, I don't think. So it's the outer lips, do you mean? I think with vaginal chafing, it's both because sex as well. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Get into it. There's also specialized anti-chafe products. And I think Amy spoke about that episode was ages ago, but I think she spoke about some products. So like you can put that in between your thighs, especially if it's summer and you're wearing like a skirt. Like I know my thighs rub together and if they're sweating, that can like help with the chafing. Oh, I haven't felt that feeling in a while. The, the sweat, <laughs> you know, when you're sitting on like a plastic chair in summer oh, and you can just feel the sweat yeah, dripping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's get on to vaginal chafing. So inner thigh chafing gets a lot of attention, but we're going to dive a bit deeper on vaginal chafing. So I had a look at a few different articles. Well and Good actually spoke to a gynecologist and what she had said was that the popularity of spin classes has actually She's seen a big increase in vaginal chafing because not only have you got moisture, but you've got friction as well. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So imagine that would be a bit of vulva and a bit of vagina at the same time. I would say that's vulva actually, that one. Depends what kind of vagina you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically what you want to do is look for like a vaginal appropriate, this is what this gynecologist said, a vaginal appropriate topical moisturizer or Mm -hmm. even a lubrication before doing high friction activities 
like walking or spinning. So if you're going to a spin class, they've got like special moisturizers for the vagina and you could just put something on there just to reduce the amount of friction. But then also choosing like workout gear that's not Firstly, the seams aren't going to like rub. Or just f- the spin classes off and do something else. <laughs> People do love their spin classes though. Yeah. <laughs> I, do- I don't. I don't. However, if this is why prevention is key, if you do have full-on chafing, the best thing to do is to stop, rinse the area with clean water or cleanse with like a clean, damp washcloth. And if you've got any broken skin, you probably want to go and see a doctor or a GP because you're going to have to maybe look at some like wound care. So let's get on to sex. (laughs) No. Yeah. (laughs) So I think this is really simple, but like use lube during sex. Yeah. Making sure if you are having a lot of sex, make sure you're using lube. Maybe just like think about it in your head. <laughs> like if you're just going on and on and on. Yeah. You want to make sure that you've got some lubrication to avoid the friction. Yeah. Maybe if you're having a quickie, it's okay not to grab the lube <laughs> out, but <laughs> that's not medical advice. That's just my advice. She's not a gynecologist, everybody. <laughs> Sometimes it ruins the moment, you know. Sometimes you just, <laughs> just got to get into it. So Refinery29 also did an article on vaginal chafing and they spoke to an OBGYN and she said, so vaginal chafing, it actually can also be exacerbated by shaving, wearing tight underwear, mm-hmm. yeah, and also wearing shorts with built-in underwear. I've never seen sh- – are there shorts with built-in underwear? Oh, men often have mm. those. I've never seen ones for women. But, but yeah. So they might have built-in underwear that digs into your skin. She also says, which I just said as well, it can also occur if you're having an intense sex or masturbation session, which involves prolonged painful rubbing of the area. And the reason that you want to try and prevent it, because chafing, sometimes it can just be red and stinging, but if it's severe, it can also lead to swelling, bleeding and infection. Yeah, I was going to say you'd be any kind of chafing could lead to infection, surely, if you've broken the yep. skin. So her recommendations for avoiding is avoid tight clothing. Well, I always wear tight clothing. (laughs) That's not going to change. So avoiding tight clothing. So maybe like those shorts, those looser shorts. Yeah. That give your vagine a bit of breathing space. But it depends what you're doing because if I couldn't wear those shorts to Pilates because I have my legs up in the air and everyone would see my undies. But I don't – are you sweating enough in Pilates that you're getting chafing? I've never had this vagina chafing before. I don't know what this is. (laughs) (laughs) Although I have had from wearing really tight undies, you know, around your groin area, like where your groin muscle is. Yeah. Where you've worn really tight undies and it fully cuts into your skin. It's like painful to walk. Do you ever worn undies really tight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like that. No, I buy two sizes yeah. bigger. Oh, okay. I like my bottom covered fully. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so avoid tight clothing, changing right after a workout. And she suggests wearing cotton underwear. Can I just say in this Refinery29 article, they called them panties and I didn't feel comfortable saying. Oh, <laughs> I hate that. I hate how Americans call them panties. It feels invasive, don't you think? I didn't feel comfortable, so I'm saying <laughs> cotton underwear. Just, just, I just find it to be like, I don't know, it's not even a dirty word, but anyway, I didn't feel comfortable saying it. Didn't you have an interesting Instagram account?
account for you the other day. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had an Instagram account. We did that. My mum's nickname is G-Banger from her friends. And I had an Instagram <laughs> account follow me. Maybe they listen to the podcast called G-Banger. They do like seamless <laughs> underwear. <laughs> I'm waiting for a DM from them. Yeah. So <laughs> also if you go swimming in warmer months, make sure, and I do this too now, and for thrush as well, make sure you have fresh underwear mm. with you. I mean, fresh panties with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> change, change out of the wet ones as soon as you can. Now, this is an interesting little tip, which I'm going to finish on. I'd never heard of this. Apparently oatmeal, it was in the Refinery29 article, and then I actually looked online and found it elsewhere. Oatmeal is something that you can also use because it's like, I think it's anti-inflammatory maybe and soothing. It's basically, Mm -hmm. it's soothing. And I think it's okay to use that on that area because Vagisil actually have an oatmeal cream. It's Ah. their soothing oatmeal cream. Guess who has it? Chemist Warehouse. I saw it online. (laughs) But you can also do an oatmeal bath, Aveeno. They have like a special oatmeal and that was what was suggested. You can use that for a bath. So to summarize, that was a lot of information. Stay dry, dress right. Sorry, I'm plagiarizing this. Stay dry. (laughs) (laughs) Stay dry, dress right, lubricate. That's it. Yeah, okay. There's some good lessons in life. (laughs) Thanks, Hannah. Our favourite resident makeup artist is back on the podcast. Megan, welcome. Hi, everyone. Back again. (laughs) Here she is. We love having you on here. Always so full of knowledge. But today we wanted to ask you some questions about hooded eyes because this is a topic you've covered, I think, on YouTube before. But it is a very common question that comes through because sometimes if you've got hooded eyes, you might want to adjust the way that you do makeup to get the most out of it or enhance your eyes. So Mm. let's talk about that. So how would you describe hooded eyes and how can hooded eyes alter their makeup technique to kind of get the most out of it? I did Google the exact definition because I didn't want to confuse anyone Mm. with my words trying to Mm. describe it. But hooded eyelids have a fold of skin that partially or sometimes fully covers your mobile lid. Mm. So as long as you can locate your mobile lid, that is pretty much how you tell whether you have a hooded eye or you have a different eye shape. So if you have hooded eyelids, you may not be able to see your mobile lid when you're looking dead straight into the mirror. Sometimes you're born with a hooded lid or sometimes you develop it over time as you age. So you can have a almond eye shape with a hooded lid. Mm -hmm. That's still quite normal. It's just about the space in between your mobile lid from your crease up until your brow bone. So what's happening with that skin there? If you're like, I still don't understand what you're talking about, think of celebs like Jennifer Lawrence, Mm -hmm. Robert Pattinson. Oh. Yeah, he's got a hooded eyelid. Yeah. Uh, Lucy Liu, Uh Blake Lively, Anne Hathaway. Okay. Gotcha. I've got a visual. So there is a spectrum as well. Like sometimes, like I would say I have a semi-hooded eyelid. I've had makeup artists say to me, like you've got an arm and eye shape, but it's almost hooded. Yeah. So like with age, I will end up having a fully hooded lid, which is fine. I'm just looking in the Mm. mirror. (laughs) (laughs) She was doing her weird one eye closed thing. That is such a talent. (laughs) My weird one eye. It really is. Hannah, you know I hate it when you do that to me. (laughs) It's so scary. She can fully close one eye and keep the other eye open. It's my party trick. We need to get Hannah to do a reel doing that so we can show the people. That would perform really well, I think. It would go viral. 
<laughs> so, Megan, with things like liquid eyeliner, for example, mm. if you were doing a winged eye, on a hooded eye, you would do that differently so that you can still see the liner, right? Yeah, sorry. You did ask me how does it alter your mm. makeup technique I and I just yep. left that <laughs> off. So, <laughs> so basically I'll answer that winged question in a second, but the way that a hooded eye can alter your makeup is basically you could create a masterpiece while you're looking down or your eyes closed. And then when you open your eye, you're like, where did all of my work go? Mm. So that can happen sometimes. The best way around that is just keep your eyes open when you're kind of designing your eye look so that you know what's going to be visible and you know what might be a little bit more hidden. When it comes to a wing it is still possible. Like a lot of clients will come in and say like, oh, I know I can't have a wing. I'm like, you can, it just has to look a little bit different. So it's mm-hmm. just called the bat wing. Mm. Katie Jane Hughes has done a really good tutorial mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. I think we've even shared it on our channels before, but basically the wing, so the bottom of the wing starts off normal. So there's a line from your bottom lash line up towards the end of your brow, but then it kind of cuts in and there's almost like a little gap. And then instead of joining it up with the bottom of your normal liner, there's just like this little bat wing gap in it. And it actually looks quite graphic and cool. Think of the Batman logo. It's like that. Yeah. Half of it chopped in half. Yeah. How do you know the Batman logo, Joe? It's a bit off. That's actually a really good question. I don't, know. I don't actually <laughs> think you do know. I had two older brothers, oh, okay, maybe. Okay. <laughs> Fun fact, I did see The Batman. That was a long movie, just off topic. I've seen one of The Batmans. I don't know which one. With Robert Patterson, who has a hooded eye. I haven't seen that one. I haven't haven't seen that version. (laughs) Love to get some tips, Megan. Can you share with us your top five makeup tips for hooded eyes? Yes, I also had to write these down because five in my head seemed like a lot. So number one, as I said earlier, try and like, and I know people like I don't design my eye look, but when I say design your eye look, I just mean when you're looking straight ahead in the mirror with your eyes open, kind of picture where you want your shadows to sit. That way you're not going to set yourself up for any disappointment. So yeah, step one, design your eye look with your eyes open. And if you find it hard to apply shadows with a hooded eye, just tilt your head backwards so that you can see all of the skin that's happening in there. Or if you want to apply it with your eyes looking straight ahead, just lift your brow bone with your other hand and then you can go in and blend everything together. Tip number two, blend your transition shades slightly above your crease for a hooded eye, just so that you can kind of open up that area a little bit more. And it gives the illusion that your crease actually sits higher than it does. Usually we will always say like when you apply a transition shade, don't go past your crease. But if you've got a hooded eye and you do want to, uh, I guess, elongate that space, you can just go a little bit above. Mm-hmm. Tip number three, if you want to elongate the eye and kind of like open them up towards the outer corners, so like diagonally towards your temples, you can sweep your shadows out towards the end of your brow bone towards your temples Be careful that you're not going, I guess, like completely horizontally because that will kind of accentuate the fact that your eyes are sitting, I guess, quite like mono level. But if you go diagonally, it can really help to create that illusion that your eyes are sitting open and upwards. Mm -hmm. Use a tubing mascara or a super waterproof mascara because if you are getting any type of skin, I guess, overlapping with your eyelashes, you can get that smudge effect uh, that we all get. That's a good tip. Yeah. I mean, it's probably, if you've had that in your life, you're probably already using one, but if you're not, get onto it. Hannah, you've got heaps of tubing 
Mascara Ricks, yeah. Well, my favourite on a door would be Estee Lauder Sumptuous Rebel mm. something, something, something. It's a long name, mm. but, yeah. but just type in Sumptuous <laughs> Rebel. Yeah, I love – it's not a tubing <laughs> mascara, but it really lasts. The Giga Black, it's MAC, extended play, and it's in like the blue bottle. Oh, yeah. That one lasts ages. And tip number five, if you're wanting to do a winged look, just utilise the bat wing technique. And I think we'll pop maybe a link to the video in the show notes. And also, if you're going to see a makeup artist, I would say look at those celebs that have the same mm-hmm. eye shape as you so that you can kind of give examples to your makeup artist of what yeah. you're looking for. Because I'm sure, Megzi, you've had people with hooded eyes come in and expect to look a very different way and then walk out and kind of be like, oh, that's not what I thought it was going to look like. Mm. So picking looks that are similar. Yeah, absolutely. The best example, if you're still confused, Kim Kardashian has a very almond, non-hooded eye. Yes. Courtney Kardashian has a hooded eye. Good reference. Okay. That's like the best indicator um, if you're confused. But, yeah, that's a great idea as well. Yeah, obviously get reference photos with people that have the same sort of Mm -hmm. eye shape as you. And in terms of products, Hannah's already shared her fave, like, tubing mascara. Are there any other products that you recommend for hooded eyes in that kind of like waterproof category? Yeah. The Benefit, it's a liquid liner. It's called Their Real Extreme Precision Liner. That's a good one. It's a good one, isn't it? I like that one. Yep. Yeah. So obviously like just let it dry for like a few seconds, but once it's Mm -hmm. dry, it stays on. It's really not going to smudge. And if you're wanting to create more of like a gel liner look, so something that can be smudged out a bit more smoky, the Napoleon Gel Pots Like if I put them on my hand to show a client, I'm scrubbing them off for like the next four to five hours. (laughs) It's kind of annoying. Do you know what line is like that? Because my mum always says, is that what's the makeup forever? Aqua Resist. Oh, Aqua aqua Resist. resist. Mm. That will not come off. Yeah. Like that really does. That's really waterproof. Yeah, they are very long lasting. She doesn't budge. The only other thing that I would say is obviously, but this kind of goes to all eyelids because all eyelids are kind of on the oily side, but just make sure when you're prepping your eyelid with concealer or a shadow primer or whatever you're using, just make sure you set it with powder straight away before you're opening your eyes, Mm -hmm. just so that you can kind of avoid extra creasing if you do have like a hooded eye. I'm just looking at Jennifer Lawrence, having a look at how she built her makeup. Yes, she's in terms of like shadow techniques, There's a lot out there. Like when I first trained, they'd always say do a smoky eye, so like darkest to lightest vertically. Mm -hmm. These days they're saying more so do like your traditional eye where horizontally you're going darkest to lightest. But I just kind of say chuck out the rules when it comes to that because each hooded eye is going to be different and what you want to achieve is going to be different. So as long as you know that darker shades help recede things and lighter shades help bring things forward, then you can kind of decide what you want to do with your eye shape. What about lashes, Megzi? Individuals, strip lashes, is it harder to apply lashes with a hooded eye? Because obviously you've got that kind of fold of skin sitting on the lash line almost. Yeah. I would definitely say lashes are great at helping lift the eye. Mm -hmm. In terms of like strip or individual, it doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. It also depends how hooded the eye is. So for instance, like my mum has a hooded eye from time and aging. Yeah. So if we were to apply a really thick lash onto her, like the skin and the lash, they're just pretty much going to bind together. It's going to look quite odd. Whereas if I go for more of like a light, airy individual lash where they just kick out on the very ends, 
it helps to open her eye up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I wouldn't say that there's a preference between individuals or strips. Okay. Thanks, Megzi. I think that's all the questions we have for you today, but we'll be sure to bring you back for something else, I'm sure. Yep. Anytime, guys. Here whenever you need. I've got a product for you today, Hannah, that I think you would like as well. And I don't know if you've been sent this product to try, but I was using the Aspire Derma Moisturizer before it got rebranded. I think it used to be just called the Bioderma Sensibio Moisturizer. It was in a little tube with the pink sash on it. I don't know how you describe it. Anyway, they've rebranded into the defensive range. Mm-hmm. So I got sent a couple of these to try. There's a rich and then there's a normal one. So the one I'm using is the Bioderma Sensibio Defensive. It's $31.99, so absolute bargain in terms of moisturizers. I've got, you know, Aspect Phytostatin 9 in my routine. But I love this. Great for sensitive skin, great for dry skin. Actually, to be honest, I think everyone could use this moisturizer. It's really quite versatile. It has no scent. It's just non-offensive and it just lays on top of everything nicely. I love it. I think it's a great, great product. Awesome if you're traveling, you don't want to take your expensive stuff with you if you're worried about losing your luggage and you'll be able to buy it again at a French pharmacy over there if you go to Europe. I like that was very of this time if you lose your luggage. I've never seen more lost luggage content on Instagram. Oh, I know. And people using AirTags. AirTags. Yeah. <laughs> it's a new world. Yeah. yeah, yeah. AirTag sales have really skyrocketed, haven't they? I think they're sold out everywhere. But, yes, this is a great moisturizer. Definitely recommend if you are on the hunt for something a little bit more affordable at $31.99. I love Bioderma. Yeah, same. Absolutely love Bioderma. So underrated. Love it so much that I drink it. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know now I'm not allowed to leave, I've been told I'm not allowed to leave bottles that that could be mistaken for drink bottles. (laughs) I had a little cut and I had some like alcohol. Oh, no. No, no, like the ethyl, whatever it is, like the one that cleans wounds. So I actually take it, put it in the bathroom so there's nothing beside my bed that could be mistaken for a water bottle. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now, I don't believe I've done this one before. I've done your one, yeah, that you're going to do today. But I want to do it because I actually, it's almost empty and I felt like I needed to give my own two cents on this product. It's the Olaplex Number 9 Bond Protected Nourishing Hair Serum. I pretty much haven't used uh, the last two months. This is pretty much the only hair. I've got one other hair treatment product that's a curl balm. But aside from that, this is basically all I've been using. But I had read the thing and there was a couple of reasons that I really liked the sound of it. Firstly, that it helps to eliminate frizz. I don't think any products can eliminate frizz, but it's definitely like, okay, now it's not a very good example because I brushed my hair out. No, but it actually is though. Because compared to what your hair normally is. Usually is like, it's actually really good with the frizz. It's also, I really like the texture. It is like a genuinely a serum texture. Yeah, it's like a gel. Don't have to use much. Well, I've got short hair, so I definitely don't have to use so much. And it does sort of with that serum texture does give it like a little bit of shine. Mm -hmm. The other reason I really liked it was because I was traveling, like I didn't want to take too many products with me. And I felt like this was really like an all-in-one because it also has heat protection up to 230 degrees. So I didn't have to bring a heat protector either. Some other things aside from defrizzing, it also detangles and is an anti-static. Why would you need an anti-static? <laughs> when are you around static? <laughs> Haven't you ever had your hair like 
go static before? Oh, when does that happen? Does that happen often enough to warrant having a product? Yeah. Oh, okay. To fine hair. Yeah, fine straight hair. Very static. Okay. That makes a bit more sense. I feel like it has been one of my favorite hair products. Like I really like it. It's so simple, but it has like everything that you need in there. Smells nice too. Yeah. Everything about it. You can also use it in between washes as well. So if you're looking for like an all rounder and it's also really lasted me because you only have to use a little bit. Mm. If you're looking for an all rounder hair product that also has heat protection and helps with frizz, really, really recommend this one. Nice. So do I, obviously. Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Hannah, you've been MIA in Thailand for a while, so you're probably a bit behind on Adore News, but I wanted to let you know that Huda Beauty has just launched at Adore Beauty and we're all very, very excited. If you don't know Huda Beauty, it is the brand by makeup artist Huda Katan. And we've been trying all the products. Megan's done some video on it. I'm still waiting for my shade in a couple of things. So I'm looking forward to giving my proper review on the range, but it's very popular. So for those that love a bit of Huda, mm-hmm. you can now get it at Adore Beauty. Very exciting. Can't wait. Am I getting a little package? <laughs> I think so. You probably should, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so out of it sometimes and I'm like, oh, I get to try new products. That's very exciting. I'm just having a look. It's on the homepage. What's the cult product? The glowish, like skin tint, uh-huh. getting rave reviews in the office, as well as the stick blush, the cream blush. I love a cream blush. Megan said to me, she sent me a text after using it and she goes your skin will look fake using this i was like that's exactly what i'm going for is that the cheeky tint blush stick probably yeah i think that would be the name so we'll try and get something over to you hannah when you're back in melbourne to use cool so i have one more thing to finish off with and i'm so glad you've already seen it because i wanted to send it to you while we were recording news.com.au you'll have to go and look at it I saw this on TikTok days before it ended up on news.com. So I don't look at TikTok. My TikTok is just filled with like Thailand travel tips. So I don't see anything on TikTok. I see it later on on Instagram, probably like a month later. Yeah. So news.com today, you posted it. I saw it today. This woman, she's a hero. Like she literally sits on the train. I want to find her. Yes. I want to interview her. Can someone? I want to track her down. Yes. If anyone knows this girl. Send her our way, please. We want to interview her. Oh, my God. So she basically, she doesn't just do her skincare on the train. She gets a clay mask. She does her clay mask sitting on the train, <laughs> leaves it on. Then she has a, it was very stressful to watch because yeah. she had her laptop on her, her lap. And then she gets a water bottle and pours the water onto her face washer, but right over her laptop. And then she like takes off the mask and there's a guy on the train looking at her. and A middle-aged man looking at her like, what the f*** is that girl doing? (laughs) Like, what is she doing? Major respect to her. She's a hustler. She's saving time. Seriously. We need to find this girl. So yeah, let's track her down. If you know the girl on the train that was doing her skincare routine, DM us. Good. Either personally or straight to Adore Beauty. <laughs> yeah. We want to track her down. She's a hero. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week. See you next week. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also, we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated. <laughs>